goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ditto heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome to your Monday. It is the Monday afternoon Rush Hour here on WABC. Your journey through the serious and the silly. WABC, you can reach us at 848-WABC, 800-848-9222. This afternoon, let us start off with the serious. Governor Hochul of New York says that Jordan Neely's death is a wake-up call. It's a wake-up call on mental health, implying that she and the rest of the apparatus of New York's government have been asleep. This is an insult to the people of New York. Every one of you who walks the streets of New York, every single one of you who has to get on New York City subways, every every single one of you who goes on the buses, who goes in a store and has some random person sometimes acting out, where you have to wonder whether you will be safe, knows and has known for decades now that mental health is an issue in New York. We have seen the number of, and I don't want to be pejorative, I don't want to call them crazies, because those are the nicknames, those are the kind of things that we talk about in shorthand. And and sometimes we use those words without trying to be mean to someone else. But everyone that has lived in this city, everyone that lives in the northeast sector of this country knows that there has been a breakdown in the mental health of citizens, of these United non-citizens, of which there are more and more, of the United States for decades. For this governor at this moment to say this is the wake-up call is a slap in the face to every single one of you who have been threatened in the streets, who have been threatened going about your daily life, or felt threatened by someone who was clearly deranged. We have had multiple murders of people thrown on the subway tracks, for instance, in New York, some of them killed by people who were deemed to have mental health issues. We have had murders take place over and over again. Over the past, look, this is not just her problem. The governor, this goes back. It goes back through de Blasio's administration. Under Mayor Rudolph Giuliani, New Yorkers caught a break because one of the things that Mayor Giuliani did when he was mayor was say that we would have zero tolerance for the act out, for the bad actors. And so people, even the bad actors, got the hint. 
Don't go around trying to threaten people with squeegees, for instance, dirtying up their windshields and then threatening them if they didn't pay. Don't don't go out and act crazy because there was a strong police presence in New York when Rudolph Giuliani was the mayor. But then you go back through David Dinkins. We had the same sorts of things that were happening as they do now. It was Governor Hugh Carey, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, I could be wrong about this, but I remember it being Hugh Carey that decided to dump a lot of the mentally challenged people on the streets as a budget maneuver to close many of the institutions. It was Geraldo Rivera, as a very young reporter, a very young reporter, before he became a household name, who built his career on exposing what was happening inside some of the institutions that were run by the state to deal with the mentally ill. And instead of reforming those institutions, other politicians simply sought to close them, take the problem out of the state hands and put it in the hands of, 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 of people who are not equipped to deal with it, the public. The New York State budget just allocated another $1 billion to boost mental health services to boost them, in addition to what's being spent already. But how about the money that Bill de Blasio and his wife wasted that was supposedly going toward helping mentally ill people? This is a slap in the face. That this is a wake-up call, and I guarantee you, it's not nearly enough of a wake-up call. In the National Review today, this headline, Jordan Neely was on New York City's list of top 50 mentally ill homeless people in need of urgent help. What is wrong with that headline? Well, apparently there is a list of mentally ill homeless people. This gentleman was on the top 50. Where are the other 49 right now that are not getting help? And yet the governor parades around trying to sound as if she cares. This false nobility about, oh, this is a wake-up call. Neely was on what workers refer to as the top 50 list, a roster maintained by the New York City by New York City of the homeless people living on the street in need of assistance. Nearly, as you know, had racked up over three dozen arrests. And how many times have we seen this? These multiple, multiple arrests, and yet still roaming the streets. His aunt told the New York Post that doctors did not adequately treat him. Doctors knew his condition. He needed to be treated. 
he wasn't a bad person. He was in and out of Bellevue Hospital. Of course he was. Because we lack the political will in this city and in this country now, in many cities, to do what is necessary to protect the citizenry from those who would put them at risk. We are concerned more about their liberties than the safety and the liberties of citizens who are law-abiding, who just want to go about their business and live their lives. I don't expect anything from Kathy Hochul. I don't expect anything from Mayor Adams. I don't expect expect anything from any of the members of New York's city council, except words. And we will be back here again at some point in the future, talking about someone else who's mentally disturbed, who shouldn't be on the streets committing some heinous act. The mass killing Saturday in Dallas, Texas, in Allen, Texas, that left eight people dead was the 22nd mass killing this year. We are in May. Across America, we have had 22 mass killings since January. Last year, there were eight for the entire year. This year, there are 22. Now, I'm sorry, in all of 2022, there were 36 mass killings by gunfire. I misstated it, not eight. There were 36 mass killings, 186 people who lost their lives. We were on track to beat the record. And I want to ask you a very serious question. What do we do about it? This Texas shooter had been discharged from the United States Army three months. They cut him loose because of his physical or mental condition. Yet, he's walking free with access to weapons. And I'm going to say something that some of you will reject out of hand, maybe even get a little mad at me for. I think many of us in this society would love to see something in place that would identify these these particular kind of threats. If someone is so out of sorts psychologically 
that they are thrown out from the United States military. They are deemed unworthy of being in the military. Why in the world do they still have access to weapons where they can commit this kind of harm? Oh, I know, I know, it's not the gun. You're right, I know that. It's the person. But if the person is so mentally deranged that the person is not an acceptable candidate for the United States military, why does that deranged person have access to weapons Well, what do you do? This one was a shooter. What do you do? You take away the driver's license too? Because you don't need a gun, clearly. We've seen over the weekend you can use an SUV. You don't have an SUV, you can use a knife. You can use bow and arrows. It all comes back to this mental health thing, doesn't it, folks? Why are there so many people with mental health issues that are allowed to circulate in and out of society without a care? And what do you do to stop it? If we do not get a handle on this, these things will continue. I don't know what it's going to take before, as a society, we take this issue of mental health seriously and I can hear it now. Some of the same people screaming and yelling about gun control and some of the very issues that they talk about would be the same ones saying we cannot mass incarcerate mentally ill people. We should not have them locked up away from society. So what do you do? You're playing roulette every time you walk out of the door in some places. And there is no discrimination. These people kill children. They kill the elderly, they kill black, they kill white, they kill Asian, they kill everybody, Hispanic, anyone in their path. They don't have a functioning conscious. They do not have a functioning moral system in place. They do not have a functioning restraint mechanism that would tell them not to engage in these heinous crimes. Why do they deserve to be among us? The case against Donald Trump from E. Jean Carroll is going to soon be over there. Closing arguments 
Trump's lawyer. They said, we're going to take a journey to justice. He wants to know how this woman, who doesn't even remember the date or that she alleges he did this act to her, how she could do it. On the other hand, her lawyers are arguing this is a pattern of behavior. Donald Trump's lawyer called her story an unbelievable work of fiction. But does it matter to you? And will it matter to Donald Trump's political aspirations? Whatever the outcome of this case is. It's a civil case, not a criminal case. What will happen? Do you care? What if they come back and say, yeah, we believe the women? He did it. If they don't come back and say that, that takes care of itself. But what happens if the the jury comes back and says, yep, he did it? 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-WABC. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley here with you. Tony Tennille, Captain and Tennille. Tony Tennille, born 1943 on this day. James Golden Snurley with you here, 848-WABC, the number to call, coming back. Don't go away. To the jitterbug out in muskrat land and they shear me. This is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Alex. 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 Alex Van Halen. Dutch American musician. Drummer. Co founder. Van Halen, who today has become an ordained minister, born on this day in 1953, undoubtedly one of the greatest rock and roll bands ever, Van Halen, Alex Van Halen, celebrating a birthday today. We have some other news from on high in the music industry, the music elite, the big elite. The 30-year-old man who claims that he is the secret, illegitimate son of Jay-Z has accused Mr. Z of abusing the legal system for more than a decade to avoid taking a paternity test. 
where Mayor Satterwaith has been fighting and fighting and fighting to prove that Mr. Z is his biological daddy. He's been fighting since he was 21 to make this case. Now he wants to go to the Supreme Court, file the motion to make Mr. Z comply and take a paternity test. Now, the young man, Ramir Satterthwaite, says he doesn't want anything from the billionaire Mr. Z. Other for Jay-Z to come clean and say, yes, I did that. He's my son. He, he, he is right. In a letter to the Daily Mail, Mr. Z's attorneys have denied Ramirez's claims. They say the allegations have been re- thoroughly reviewed by the courts and have been refuted. Now, Ramirez says that Mr. Z, now 53 years old, had a romantic fling with his mama Wanda. Well, his mother. He didn't say mama. I said mama. His mother Wanda in the early 1990s. For his part, Mr. Z, Mr. Z has never denied having relations with that woman, Wanda. But he has steadfastly refused to take a paternity test. Now, headed to the Supreme Court. Shower with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Happy birthday, Philip Bailey, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Philip Bailey, it says here, African American. Well, it doesn't say African American, but an R&B soul gospel funk singer. They forgot something. He sings jazz. His records went pop. I love the way they categorize you. Oh, you're just like a black singer. Uh, he's a lot more than that. And a songwriter with EWF who had uh, the 1975 uh, U.S. single Shining Star. The number three single in 81 in the U.K., Let's Groove. 20 Grammy nominations for Earth, Wind & Fire. They call him the first African-American act to ever sell out Madison Square Garden. As a solo artist, he uh, scored the 1985 UK number one single, Easy Lover, with Phil Collins. What was that? R&B? Funk? And, you know, he's had a brilliant solo career. And we've talked to Philip Bailey on this program twice. Wonderful guy. 
James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, with you here on WABC. We're going to get to your phones, and then we're going to check in with Scott, who's got an amazing story on his hands today. Let us start with Camille in Staten Island. Camille, how are you this afternoon? Oh, well, thank you. So, what's on your mind, Camille? Well, I'm a psychiatric nurse, and I have also have a lot of experience in drug and alcohol uh, rehab. Our hospital had closed down the rehab of, of um, alcohol and drug use. They closed it down about maybe 12 years ago or so. So thereafter, I became a psychiatric nurse. Now, what I've noticed lately is that there is a diagnosis called drug-induced psychosis, which is what I think is happening now. And I think that that's what happened on the subway with that Marine and that gentleman. I don't, I don't know his name. I can't recall. Neely. But Mr. Neely. Mr. Neely. Correct. Correct. And I think that's what happened there. And when the person has a drug-induced psychosis, they are hyper-aggressive, hyper-violent, and it's very, very difficult for them to regain composure, if at all, unless they have some kind of medication. And I think that's what's happening, and I think it's because of Biden's open borders and all the drugs that are coming in, all these different types of drugs and combinations of drugs, which is causing a lot of this problem. Now, as much as I would like to, for political uh, uh, sake, agree with you about Joe Biden, I'm just going to push back on that a little bit. I'm not saying that what's happening at the borders isn't a disgrace and that we do have fentanyl pouring through the through the borders. We have Mexican drug cartels just jamming this nation with all sorts of drugs. But the drug addictions in the United States go back further than Joe Biden. They go back further than any president in the recent memory, including uh, Bush 43, including Clinton, including Bush 41, including Ronald Reagan. This drug problem has been growing in America since the 1960s. You remember sex, drugs, rock and roll, right? And so now we're at a state in our society where drugs are totally out of control like everything else. One of the things that I said, we don't want to get a handle on mental illness, we don't want to get a handle on drugs, because if we did, there'd be a lot of people that would have to pay the price for what they do. Now, you look at other countries in the world, and some of these countries we look down our nose at. There was an incident the other day, and I forgot which South Asian country it was, but a foreign national was executed in one of these South Asian countries the other day because he brought in some weed into the country. Now, you can go. There are so many illegal weed shops in New York right now they can't get a handle on. Please shut one down. Another one pops up. There are other societies that don't tolerate this. We tolerate it. We encourage it. And to the degree that this drug problem contributes to this mental illness, I think you raise a very valid point, Camille. John in Staten Island, welcome. You're on WABC. John in Staten Island, 
John in Staten Island. Hello, John in Staten Island. I'm here. I'm here. How are you? I'm very good. Okay, so uh, I love your show, by the way, and I'm glad I got to just say this, and I'm going to say it real quick. There is already in place a way to help with our mental health crisis that we have. Um, I know patients that, I'm a pharmacist, I know patients that go in for a a once-a-month injection mandated by the court. And it would take away their motivation to do any of these crazy things we see today. And why isn't that program expanded? It's probably too expensive. But at the end of the month, if the patient doesn't come for their next injection, the police have to go and get them to get their injection. Now, pharmaceutical companies might be able to come up with a six-month injection to be able to reduce the cost of this. But if you give one of these antipsychotic, and, and the drug we're talking about is Abilify, if you give one of these medications to, to any of these mental, you know, the, any of these patients that have um, this, uh, you know, agitation, it just disappears. They don't feel like they want to even do anything. Motivation is gone to do anything crazy. Why isn't it? being done, I don't know. But I do know a few people that have to get their mandatory injections, and it works. Wow. Well, John, this is really an interesting uh, contribution you make to the program today because this is the first time hearing about this. And I don't know why it isn't more widespread, especially in a law uh, enforcement as a law enforcement tool when you have people like like Mr. Neely who was arrested over 44 different times. I mean, how do we solve this? And you're saying there is something on the market that works. Um, We should look more into this, John. Thank you for the call. Stephen and Long Branch, you're up next on WABC. Right to your point, please. Yes, thank you for taking my call, Mr. Snurley. This is also regarding uh, Mr. Neely. You had raised the question, what could be done to solve the mental health problem in New York? Well, didn't ex-Mayor de Blasio's wife raise millions of dollars for the purpose of helping uh, mentally ill? It's supposed to be close to a billion. Yeah, Yeah, what happened to that money? Half of it's not being used, Mr. Snurdly. Yes, we've been asking that question here at WABC. Curtis has been asking the question. I've been asking the question. Others have. Where's that billion dollars? Where did it go? And why isn't Mayor Adams trying to track it down? Where did that money go? Exactly. WABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden, A.K. Snowden, coming back. More of your calls and a special news story from Scott when we get back. Don't go away. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. In 1911, Robert Johnson was born. Now, Robert Johnson didn't stay on Earth that long. 27 years old, he made his exit. But he left an incredible legacy, considered to be the father of the blues. 
the blues guitar, Muddy Waters, Elmore James, Eric Clapton, Rolling Stones have covered his songs. Muddy Waters and Elmore James influenced by the one, the only, Robert Johnson. Mm-hmm. On WABC Talk Radio 77, Scott. Now, Scott, what's going on out oh, here? The, uh, <laughs> Europe uh, decided that the first human crew to Mars should be all female astronauts. Really? Yes. Uh, NASA is set to launch a human mission to Mars in the 2030s, and a new study suggests it should be an all-female crew because they are more efficient. Researchers from the European Space Agency found that women use less oxygen, produce less carbon dioxide, and require less food than their male counterparts. The team simulated a 1,080-day mission with four Women astronauts and found they needed 3,736 pounds less food, saving more than $158 million. What? Yeah, because Mars is a seven-month journey from Earth, the study urges space agencies to consider the findings to reduce the mass and volume of food that must be launched and stored with the crew. So, we need an all-female crew to go to Mars... They take up less air. They don't breathe as they don't. They don't require as much oxygen. And if you recall from everything I've read, uh, it's a one-way. It's a one-way trip. No one. No one's coming back from Mars. What? Wait, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. Who's going to volunteer? Well, well, you, you know, you know, it's interesting because I mean, does, doesn't it seem like we're sacrificing women? Like we're just. I. I. Uh, okay, I have another question though. What happens if a uh, transgendered person wants to be one of those female crews? I think they'd be welcomed because if you go, it's if you go to Cape Canaveral and you go to the Mars exhibit, the trip, the mission to Mars exhibit, there's pictures all over the walls of simulated crew for this mission to Mars, and it's got like. Children in wheelchairs? Really? I'm not kidding. You've been there. I've been there. And it's it has like it's all minorities and people in wheelchairs that they're encouraging to take this trip to Mars, which is a one way trip. Which I find <laughs> as as much as I don't see racism, that seems racist to me. <laughs> And so now we're suggesting that only females should be allowed to go to Mars. Right. The one-way trip to Mars should be all women. I wonder what the women think about that. I'm interested. Thank you, Scott. Let us go to Vito in Staten Island. Vito, how are you? How are you, Mr. Goldman? How are you, Mr. Goldman? How's everything? Um, Good. As far as the uh, the mentally ill go, um, you have people who... um, Once they go on that meds, they're not a, a threat to themselves. You know, people outside of their on the streets, they'll, they'll, they they can't be held. And and the problem is, is when they get out, they don't take their meds anymore, and they stop taking uh, coke, heroin, or whatever else that they that they can get their hands on. And there's nothing to 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 help them to to kick that habit and to stay on the drugs. Now, as far as the Second Amendment goes, and that's why I call which I strongly support. 
Should there be something in place as far as uh, deeming someone mentally ill? Well, as far as this last shooter goes from Texas, if the military deemed you nuts, that man should have been institutionalized, in my opinion. All right? Okay. There are people out there uh, who are so pro-gun control that, you know, they want, they want people to be interviewed um, uh, um, to, if they want to get a gun license. And it will be a simple question. Do you get mad at your spouse? Yes. You're deemed unfit to possess a firearm just based on that. Not that there's any history. There's no domestic uh, reports of domestic violence, uh, you know, in, in, your, in, your, in a database that says that, you know, you shouldn't hold uh, possess a firearm. It, it just it, there's a lot of things that that externally are going on that really would they want to just get their hands on those guns and keep them out of the hands of those of us whose guns have not hurt anyone. Those guns will not hurt anyone. Of course, unless you come to harm me, I will defend myself. But should anyone else do the same thing? Gotcha, Vito. Vito, thank you so much for your call. Appreciate it. Victor in New Jersey, you're up next. How are you, Victor? How are you yes, doing this good afternoon. afternoon? Good afternoon, Bo. Bo, no more Nest the Nice Guy. If you've never seen the movie The Long Green Line starring Tom Hanks, that's the end of the road for these murderers. And I would also add, give these murderers an option of a guillotine. And to pay for services rendered, make it pay for view. You've got to give these criminal murderers no excuses if they're convicted, and that's the end of the road for them, period. Unless you do that, they'll continue to do what they're doing. And you or your family or my family, I'm afraid to go to New York City to visit my brother because of all the psychopaths running uh, through the streets over there. And this mayor does nothing. As a matter of fact, you, Curtis was asking about uh, men with no coulions. Well, this Marine had coulions to defend the people on that train. And look what he's up against. And now this guy, Greg, uh, is going to intimidate people like him uh, to prevent incidents like what happened on that train. So now other people are going to be victimized because nobody's going to intervene because of this guy Bragg uh, ongoing. So, well, there's no question that these Soros uh, prosecutors, Soros elected prosecutors by way of funding, have presented a problem not only in New York, but almost every other major city across the country, and we see the same thing. We see the same thing, these deranged people being let out uh, after they've committed criminal acts. We see this whole, because remember, to hold someone on bail these days in America or bond is racist, and that's what is behind all of this. And it's absolutely sickening to watch this deterioration in America's finest cities all at the hands of these ideological prosecutors who seem not to care about public safety. Margaret in Ardsley, New York, you're up next. Hi, Bo. Um, I'm thinking about um, the mass murders. You know, these things started in the mid-'80s with the um, people going postal. We had Columbine in 1999. We had Sandy Hook in 2012. And only now, and I'm so glad you're bringing it up, only now are people addressing the fact that there's psychiatric problems with, with these people. And I think if we could take one step toward that, I think we would start to find answers on how to how to um, heal at least this mitigate problem. some of it. 
I don't think we're going to solve the problem, but I'm going to tell you, as long as we do not address mental health, and I have been saying this all, I have, this is nothing new. I have been urging public officials in this city and elsewhere to take the mental health issue seriously. And again, I say this all the time, and so forgive me if some of you have heard it before. I watch those programs, like Lock Up and the rest of them. How many of these people in these jails are truly in need of mental health services? We do not take mental illness seriously in this country at all. And until we do, nothing's going to change. That's it, my friends, for the day. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you. We're coming back tomorrow, God willing, with Boston Early's Rush Hour, Tuesday edition on Mark Stein Day. Love and gratitude for you being here. Thank you. Bye.